On this edition of Flying High, the Philly fans' perspective, you know what we're talking about. Can't wait to get into it. It's finally happened. It's all gone down. But first, send requests. Play us in. see that, be able to feel that, be able to feel the love from Philly and the fans and things like that. Um, you know, I haven't played there yet, but to be able to feel on social media and feel how excited they are, to be able to feel the, the love from other um, guys and other teams in the city, um, Ben Simmons, Carson Witts, um, you know, just guys that have reached out. Um, it's, it's amazing to see. That is our man talking about his new home for the next 13 years, guaranteed. Oh, it's been a long road. We didn't know where it was going. But 123 days after the open of free agency, Bryce Harper is officially a Philadelphia Philly. And we did it, Justin. We did it. And uh, yes, you and I together, we have made this possible. Um, Wow, man. What a a roller coaster. I mean, just uh, 123 days of free agency and... We finally get our guy. Um, you know, for a long time, it seemed like Manny Machado was the guy that, that that seemed like was the target for this organization. And then he goes to the Padres and he gets $300 million. And, and then just this, and we're going to talk about it, but this social media wave that we've been riding for the past, you know, m- several months, it finally ended and it finally came to a close in the most dramatic fashion possible. I'm still, I've had a couple of days to think about it, but man, it was just, it was insane. It was just insane. And I would do it all again in a heartbeat. Uh, no doubt about it. And we're going to touch so much about Bryce Harper, the person, the whole process. But really, it was one of the most bizarre free agency stints that I can remember. Uh, I'm a little bit younger than a lot of other Philadelphians. And perhaps there were some crazier stints, but I mean, this it's a new age where social media reigns supreme and there were a lot of hot takes and reports that did they have substance or didn't they I don't know but it felt like they were hot takes and a lot of the time they were just vastly incorrect and just somebody trying to grab a headline grab some retweets but there was never there was never any information from inside the meeting rooms or inside the negotiations. You didn't hear anything from Bryce. You didn't hear anything from Scott Boris or any of the Phillies. Um, So it was a lot of speculation and and sources. Perhaps that was a really nice bargaining chip that Boris used, and we'll touch on that a little bit later, but it's a new era of social media. And what it came down to once this commitment happened and we're hearing what was really going on is it came down to the number of years and being able to be in one city for the rest of his career, which I love hearing. I commend him for that. And you just simply do not hear that in sports these days. No, you don't. It was so refreshing to hear that, uh, you know, a guy wants to win, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't know Manny Machado. I don't, I didn't talk to him. I didn't sit down and watch his press conference, but, you know, I think all of us had the pretty much the same reaction. He took the money, you know, he took the money to go to a place in San Diego, where he's probably never going to win anything. You know, baseball experts will say that the Padres window will open. They're building towards a window that might open in, you know, the next four or five years. I don't buy it. The Padres aren't going to win anything. He took the most money he possibly could. 
And, you know, it, it's just, it's nice because we kill athletes. Um, you know, we, we kill athletes, like, like look at basketball. We kill those guys for um, colluding and, you know, forming these mega teams. And, you know, a guy like uh, Kevin Durant gets all this hate, but at least he went to Golden State because he knew he could win. Like, he wanted to win. Like, did he get paid? Yes, but also he wanted to win. And Bryce is, I mean, I look at Bryce, what Bryce did here, he came to Philadelphia because he wants to win. Did he get paid handsomely? 100%. But that's what he, that's the going rate in today's free agency. And is he worth $330 million? Maybe not. But is, that's, that's what you got to pay to get a superstar. And he not only, you know, not only achieved the deal that I think works both for both ways for the organization and for him, but he also came here. He could have gone to the Dodgers. He could have gone to the Giants where he'll, he would waste his, the rest of his career if he went to San Francisco, right? But he, he came here because he knows he can win. So it was kind of the perfect storm, I think. It was a, a team that could offer him that. And also, I think, a team that was a Bryce Harper possibly away from being a, t- a contender. So then they met in the middle and it was just um, – it worked, it worked out the way that it needed to work out, man. So before we get into the personality type and kind of the person that Bryce Harper is going to be, I just want to look at the specifics of the contract and kind of break it down. So it's 13 years, $333 million, a lot of money. Um, no opt-out clauses. Option years are deferred money of any type. No, uh, There's a no-trade clause, so he's here to stay. And breaking it down year by year, he's going to start out making $10 million this year with a $20 million signing bonus, which he'll get $10 million in June and in November. And then from 2020 to 2028, he will make $26 million per year. And in the last uh, few years, 2029 to 2031, he'll make $22 million annually. What are your thoughts on that initially? Just he, I, he took a less AAV than any other team was offering for that stability to be in the same place for that no opt-out clause. He got the record-breaking contract, but when you look at it year by year, he's not making as much money as he could have. Yeah, I think that was the most surprising thing to me, you know, and I'm to take you through how I heard, I was scrolling through Twitter, sitting in the doctor's office waiting to be seen. And, um, you know, I, I scrolled and, and I, I forget who reported it first, but I, all I saw was we got him. You know what I mean? And I started and, I, and the realization hit me. I was like, and it was funny because on the way to the doctor's office, it was like the lowest it had ever been, right? The, the hope to get him was the lowest it had ever been. And, it, and it's, it snapped like that. But anyway, that was the first thing that I thought of when I saw it. It was like 13 years. I was like, Wow. Um, because we hadn't heard anything about anything beyond 10 years. You know, I, I didn't think the Phillies would go beyond 10 years. I didn't think they'd go beyond $400 million. Um, so the 330 to me was surprising because I thought it was low compared to what I thought he was going to get. I thought he was going to get $375 million at the way that, that social media was talking about it. And I thought the Phillies were going to panic in the end and up their offer by a lot and credit to them. They didn't, they knew they had their guy the whole time. The 13 years was surprising and the AAV from, you know, 2029 to 2031 um, being only $22 million. That's huge. I mean, people, most people don't realize who maybe aren't 
serious baseball fans and haven't broken this down and looked at it, you don't realize how incredibly cost efficient that is. Because not only is the DH possibly going to be here, I mean, I think it's all but certain that the DH is going to be here in the National League by then, right? Yeah, if it's still the National League, who knows? Exactly. Um, and but but not only that, players. The way baseball is going right now, players are going to be making double that. In you know, I mean, if, if this is what Bryce Harper's worth, what is Mike Trout worth? You know what I mean? So it's baseball is a cash cow. It's only going to continue, you know, and, and these labor negotiations that are coming up. I just think that players are only going to continue to get paid more. Um, that's probably the biggest issue on the table right now. So $22 million to pay for him in 10 years is, it to me is incredible. Yeah. And there's, there's actually a guy at that press conference today who asked a question about Pete Rosen, an 800,000 contract or whatever it was. $810,000. Yeah. Bryce answers it by going beer was 25 cents. Then it's $16 now. So Clearly, times have changed. Clearly, money is a totally different ball game. I thought that was a pretty big statement by him. You know, to, he he kind of took one for all of baseball. There, he 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 stood up kind of for all of baseball players there, and kind of was like, you know what, players need to get paid more. And um, typically, I'm not of the typically like you know guys like us. We're we're, we're blue collar middle class. Um, you know, sometimes we sit here and we think, me these guys maybe get paid too much, but comparative to what these owners have, you know, it's, I get what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like you can afford to pay these guys what they're worth considering what they're bringing in to your, you know, know, the, the, the money that they're bringing in for you. So, um, but that's like a total other, I feel like that's a total other podcast for another day, but, um, so I got, aside from the contract, there are some bonuses that he could possibly achieve and most likely will achieve. Uh, he gets $50,000 bonus if he selected the All-Star team. Also another 50000 if he wins a gold glove or a silver slugger. Uh, $500,000 bonus if he wins the NL MVP. Uh, another 50000 if he wins NLCS MVP. And 100000 if he wins the World Series MVP. And it comes out to $800,000 in possible bonuses per per year or it could be a total of 10.3 million over a 13 year contract. He also gets a hotel suite on the road, which is nice and has the rights to purchase a suite at Citizens Bank Park. So they're de- we're hooking him up. Wait, obviously. that's actually in the contract that he gets a hotel suite? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so every time they travel like I, I just picture like everybody's like cramming into these like <laughs> twin rooms and then like Bryce gets like the king room with like the the huge bathtub and like the balcony suite like is that what's happening here I I mean it's either that or he's staying at like the Hampton Inn and he gets the suite with two beds or something I I don't know like I need to know more like does he get a butler like I need (laughs) I need to know more now that I've seen this because this is I've never seen anything like that maybe I don't read enough contracts I've never seen that tidbit from a contract before yeah I mean uh, and I'm sure it's going to be portrayed outside of Philadelphia and in the media as this guy's needy. They're they're just wiping his butt. But I mean, give him a hotel suite, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I, honestly, that give him three. I don't care really. Yeah. Knock the walls down and connect them all. I really don't care. He's, give him the penthouse. Who cares? 
But the more I think the moral of the story, Justin, in all of this is play baseball, kids. <laughs> play baseball because there is a lot of money in baseball. And the risk of injury compared to NFL or hockey or even M- NBA, it's, it's just it's a lower risk of injury. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, don't do what I kid, did, kids, and uh, stay away from the pool. Uh, no swimming. Play baseball where you can get paid uh, lots and lots and lots of money. So that's, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Man, I wasn't even allowed to swim when I played baseball. Our tournament coach said that it would tire us out so we couldn't swim on practice or game days. So didn't even have the chance. But I guess looking at this as a whole, the timeline's wild. It really is wild. And there was just so much social media interaction between so many different analysts that Nobody really knew what was going on the entire time. It started back in December when we had a meeting uh, in Las Vegas. And actually, it started before that. I want to touch on this. Um, uh, Bob Nightingale first reported that Harper rejected the Nats offer. And it looked bad because he rejected a 10-year, $300 million offer. So you're wondering, what on earth kind of money is he going to be chasing? But in an SI article that just came out, uh, Scott Boris um, in, was was interviewed and it was made known that the Nats were only offering a net present value of 184 million and that the deferred money was over such a long period that Harper was going to be 60 years old when the last payments were made. So what the Harper camp saw it as was just a publicity stunt to try and appease the fans because the fans aren't going to be looking at the fine print. All they hear is 10 years, 300 million. This is our guy. They don't realize that he's only getting $184 million and then it's going to be deferred payments. So I think that Harper felt slighted by the organization. Yeah, I think in what was most insulting about that offer was that Bobby Bonilla would still be getting paid after Bryce Harper in that situation. So somehow, like Bobby Bonilla will be dead and still getting paid that contract. Like, I th- <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the deferments in that were insane. They would defer payment until Bryce was like 60. It just... You know, I don't think Bryce was really feeling the love from Washington um, at that point. You know, but to echo your state, your sentiments, I would have to agree. Uh, just the the timeline was the way this all went down was insane. I mean, there are certain guys you pay attention to. You know, we talk about this all the time. There's certain guys who you know when they break things that you can take it to the bank. Uh, John Heyman, Buster Olney uh, for baseball. Todd, uh, Todd Zalecki. Uh, if you're more more of a local guy, but he does MLB.com, so I mean he's another guy. Uh, Jim Salisbury, if, if you know for Phillies fans, those four guys, and I guess you could throw Howard Eskin in there because somehow Howard Eskin is always in the know. I don't know he he's on like once every six months, and you know you know he'll, but but he's so dialed in. So I gotta say I gotta say before you go on, Howard Eskin was looking like a super D bag today when he asked his question, as he always does. But it was just classic Howard Eskin looking, looking like he knows what's up. Yeah, no, he just always he's always in the know somehow. Yeah, so um, that I'm trying to think. So take me back. You know when this all starts, it's. We had been connected to Bryce from day one, you know, just being that we had the most cap flexibility, the most money, no cap, there's no cap. So we had the most financial flexibility 
We uh, we had stupid money. Stupid money. You know, the stupid money comment. Let's start there. Uh, and then, you know, some people were really thrilled about that with John Middleton. Other people were like, oh, boy, because... You know, then you're thinking, well, now, you know, listen, you don't, do you know who we're dealing with here? We're dealing with Scott Boris. He's going to take that and run with it. Um, and Scott Boris was really painted out as the villain through all this. And I think in the end, he did right by his client. But anyway, it's, it's Manny one day, it's Bryce the next, it's Manny, it's Bryce, it's Manny, it's Bryce. And, and, and you're kind of just on this roller coaster um, from, November through December through January and nothing's happening and, and there's some small signings. The Phillies get Robertson. The Phillies get um, Gene Segura. That was kind of the first domino to fall and you're like, okay, interesting. Uh, trading away uh, JP uh, for Gene Segura. I like it. But you're still like, we still want Bryce. We need the big move, right? So for me, everything started when they signed JT Realmuto, Right? They signed JT Realmuto, and you're like, holy cow. I stood up when I saw that, because I had wanted JT Realmuto when they started talking about it last year. And I was just like, holy crap, we got the best catcher in baseball. And he happens to be a very close friend of Bryce Harper. How about that? Actually, his favorite player in the game, as he stated today. Allegedly, right? So now that they've got Gene Segura. They've got David Robertson. They've got... They have the best catcher in baseball in JT Realmuto. They're loading up, okay? So all signs point to they're going to get one of these guys. And then Manny signs in San Diego, 10 years, $300 million. And then everybody's like, okay, uh, that's a lot of money. And you're thinking if Manny, I think the widespread consensus was that Bryce is the better player. So you're thinking Manny gets 300. You're thinking Bryce is going to get 350 or above. Um, and then Matt Klentak comes out with his evaluation statement. Um, it exceeded our evaluation. Uh, fans start to get a little bit worried. I start to get a little bit worried. I don't know how you felt when he said that. I mean, the thing was I wasn't hot on Machado, so... Neither was I. Neither was I. And it, hasn't, it, doesn't, it didn't have anything to do with the Johnny Hustle. I didn't love it. Um, but if he would have come here, I still would have been okay with it. Um, I think I wanted Harper the whole time. I, I, I just, we're going to break down his numbers in, in a bit, but he's the guy for me that I wanted. Um, God. Yeah, no doubt about that. And um, something we're going to touch on his personality as well, but something that I had, had seen that the initial reaction from uh, Middleton and Klintak and the Phillies was that they were blown away by Harper's maturity and how he ran the meeting himself and, and took over. And it was kind of like the Phillies talking to Bryce Harper, where when Manny Machado came into town, his agent ran the meeting. And I just I think that Manny Machado's uh, he's immature. And a lot of people that age are still immature. I'm sure when I'm 26, I will still be immature. But Bryce Harper is miles above most ordinary individuals. And I, I just think that he's less of a less of a risk off the field and yeah yeah I, yeah i that, agree with that was that. just something that that's something that caught my eyes that they saw that as well and so weeks go by and there are there's tweet after tweet after tweet of just nonsense right just projection i think that's been the problem with a lot of people have had with baseball twitter this offseason is 
the just rampant projection by some of these experts. You look at a guy like John Heyman, his reputation, you can't tell me, took didn't take a hit after. I mean, it was just every... He was, he was actually, he was the one who broke. Yeah, of course, right? He was the and, one who broke it. And they were, they were I was listening to a, a playback of the Mike Missinelli show um, because I was at the golf course when you broke the news to me, the official Justin Breaking News but I wanted to listen to hear what Mikey Miss was saying at the time. And they brought it that it was Heyman who broke it, and they didn't know if it was true or not. Right. They, they didn't know. Uh, they were showing a video from the Mike Miss show, and um, they were all kind of crowding around the computer trying to wait till someone else had reported it. But it was this, this came from it would be like a random Wednesday, and you'd get something from John Heyman. It would be like, Bryce Harper says he wants to play baseball in 2019. He might play for the Phillies. He could also play for the Dodgers. He really likes California. Also, sushi. And it's just like, what are you talking about, John? And then, it'd be, and then, and then the next week it would be like, uh, well, uh, you know, you're, we're hearing that the Phillies have only offered blah, 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 blah. And it's like, where are you getting this info? So it was, and th- th- through this whole time, you don't know if, if who this is behind the scenes feeding this information. You don't know if this is Clentac. You don't know if this is Boris um, trying to drive up the price. So it was just, I never felt so lost in following a, a story before. I really, I really didn't. And then you have John Middleton fly out, right? And this is kind of when I knew we were close. Or we, we were either going to get him or we weren't. John Middleton flies out to Las Vegas and meets with him personally. And that's when I was like, okay, if he's either going to, he's either going to do the dang thing himself and lay it all on the table, or, you know, this is, you know, he's going to put his best offer out there and Bryce is going to do what Bryce is going to do. And then a week later we have a resolution. So yeah, it was, (laughs) and it turns out, I guess the moral of the story is, you know, after everything we heard today, it turns out you literally couldn't believe anything you heard on Twitter. It was all bogus and it w- and that's just amazing to me yeah it's, it's really it's a little bit concerning that that's what we're going to if if the media and i guess it was highly credentialed blue checkmarked media and then those who are not i think if you have the blue check mark you have a duty to report only something with factual evidence i i don't know where they were getting their sources but I've heard in interviews that like Schefter or uh, Jay Glazer, they'll always wait for two or three confirmations before they'll even consider. I think some of these guys were just hearing something from one source and letting it fly and in hopes that their tweet would blow up and that they'd be the guy to report it. But in the end, every time you would send something to me, all I would say is I'll believe it when the Phillies blue checkmarked account posts it. Yeah. And and every time. I think that's where I got to, too. And And I, you know, I, in talking with people, my friends and, and family members, just being like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm over this. I'm not going to read into any of this anymore. As hard as that is going to be, I'm done. I can't read into any more of these tweets. I can't speculate anymore because literally nothing, none of this could be true. But I, I have to tell you, zero hour when it seemed like when it was getting reported that the Phillies were now out of it and Vegas was changing their sports book project, projections and predictions and it seemed like it was all over. And then, and that's when it came through. So that is when I knew like you, like that was all for nothing. It was just crazy how it happened. It was an up and down roller coaster that again, I would do a hundred times. Yeah. And when, when you look at it, how it really went down behind the scenes, again, reading some stuff that Scott Boris was 
talking about in his interview. It sounds like Middleton flew out and had dinner with uh, Harper and his wife, and that entire conversation was Harper and his wife and Middleton and his wife, where they were going back and forth talking. Middleton was kind of giving him the the one final pitch on Philadelphia, the city, and the family atmosphere, how it's a great place, there's great hospitals, there's great schools, and Harper's in to charity as well. I believe he works with hospitals, so I'm sure he's going to get hooked up with CHOP on something like that. But they're talking back and forth, and Boris said he only spoke for maybe five minutes of that meeting. And then the next day, Saturday, they have lunch again, and they're talking. And I think Middleton touched on it again today at the press conference that it could have gone longer, but they ran out of time. The only thing they weren't able to come to an agreement on were those extra years. They were set at 10 years. And there was, once again, a lot of speculation where people were ripping the Phillies for being cheap, for not willing to go above $300 million, when in reality, it all came down to the years. And then Boris, who's looking out for his client, and we can think he's a snake or whatever, but he, he is very good at his job because he leaves that meeting on Saturday, or the Phillies leave the meeting on Saturday, and then immediately into town come the Dodgers on Monday, and the Giants on Tuesday, who the Dodgers were quietly talking to Boris all along. It wasn't as highly reported, but they come in and give their pitch for, you know, the Phillies aren't going to give you the years or the AAV. We'll give you this like record-breaking AAV for a five- or four-year deal, whatever it was. And then the Giants see that, and they have to come in and make a pitch because they can't let the Dodgers just take the NL West. So now, instead of the Phillies fighting themselves, there's actual competition out there. And I think that's where some of the moments on on Wednesday when it was looking bleak or they weren't feeling great about it is because Boris went and made it where the Phillies just had to give those extra three years. And Thursday, they it sounds like they called Boris on Thursday and said, we'll do those extra three years. And with that, it was signed. So as reports are coming out that... The Phillies are no longer in it. Uh, Harper's signing in ink. And, you know, whenever you texted me, he's a Philly. Yeah, man, it was, we got played. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we got played. And I would just like to share, I've just a little sidebar here, and I've just texted you. The Bryce Harper jersey is official on MLBshop.com. I will be purchasing one within the hour. Uh, And, uh... Possibly a hat as well, because I am Jack. Look how nice that looks, dude. Dude, pinstripes. You got to oh, go pinstripes. I'm going, no, I'm going pinstripes. I'm going pinstripes. That is a thing of beauty, and I, you better get one before they, they, uh, they sell out, because, oh boy, that is nice. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be surfing the dark, not the dark <laughs> web, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to do be that. S- I'm going to be surfing the deep web looking for a fine Chinese or low-budget <laughs> low American-made looks like a Bryce Harper jersey that it might not be as fresh as yours, but it's going to be pinstripes. It'll remotely resemble the Phillies jersey, and it'll have Bryce Harper's name on it. So that'll be my route, but we can do a comparison video to see what the difference is between those cheaply made jerseys and your beautiful official jersey looks like. But I'm ready to go, man. My dad's looking at season tickets. I got the spreadsheet set up to get those going out. And hell, man, I'm ready to move back to Philly tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, so in that spirit, um, let's talk. What do we think our projected lineup is for this team? I want to talk about what we think this lineup's going to look like because that's going to be fun. You know, 
can this team win the division and beyond? Can they, can they, can they contend for a pennant? I have ideas on that. And how we think the pitching staff stacks up, because that's the stuff I really want to get into now. We kind of, we've gotten through this craziness of the free agency with, with Bryce Harper. He came, he did his press conference today. He said all the right things. And now what I want to really talk about with spring training underway is how do we think this team stacks up now? Dude, uh, I just have so many thoughts. Before we hit that, can we just touch on Philadelphia for a moment? 100%. We're going to be able to delve into all the statistics and the lineups, and there's so much excitement. But I think the number one thing I take out of this is that any sort of narrative that Philadelphia is not the place where an athlete wants to be, that we have the worst fan base in the country, I think this is an example of actions speak louder than words. He could have gone to the Yankees, he could have gone to the Dodgers, he could have gone anywhere else, but he chose Philadelphia because the city, the team, and all the other teams around, it's a family environment, and that's really what Philly is. It's tough love, but we are the most passionate and loving fan base there is. And I think Bryce Harper saw that, and you can see that across all the teams right now, between the Eagles got it kick-started and... Everybody in the NFL wants to come to the Eagles because of that locker room and that environment and the city embraces the team. And Bryce Harper, I, you think he didn't see that? You think he didn't see every single player on who used to play in Philly or who now plays in Philly like begging him to come, telling him that Philadelphia is the place to be? I think it just, it just makes... All the haters out there, you can continue hating. There's going to be a lot of hate. Philadelphia's stupid. You know, I wouldn't, I, you would have to pay me $300 million yeah. to move to Philadelphia, too. Get over that. That's, it's the place that's, to be. Yeah. That's all jealousy at this point. And I think that, this, you know, I said this to somebody earlier. This is the biggest contract in the history of Philadelphia sports. It's not even close. I don't even know who comes second closest. I, 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 this is the biggest acquisition we've ever had. In any sport, um, I'm, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, and I really can't think of of any. You know, th- this is this is the biggest thing that's ever happened in this city on this scale, and this signals what I think this does is signal to all athletes that Philadelphia is a sports destination. You look at all four of our teams now; all four of our teams are set for the Roaring Twenties. I mean, I know that sounds, it's, 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 I didn't make that up. I feel like I heard that somewhere else, but you have, look at, look at the, the Sixers. The Sixers are, the Sixers have two of the best players in the league and a, and a good supporting cast. The Flyers are look, you know, they've had a rough year, but they're looking like they finally are starting to see the youth movement and uh, they just need to surround them. You need to find some other pieces to, to shape a new core and they're right there. The Phillies are going to be rocking at Citizens Bank Park for the next decade. And the Eagles have won a Super Bowl and look like they have an MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers type, for the next decade. This is, I mean, what more could you want? Why wouldn't you want to come here? And you're seeing guys like... Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, they're coming back. Brandon Graham's taking a pay cut to stay in Philly. People love Philly, no doubt about it. Tobias Harris and Bobby, they're loving Philly. 
it's just it's absolutely incredible and i think what's really important to me this actually gave me absolute goosebumps when i was listening to his press conference is that he looked into the tenure employees and the security guards and everybody that was down there when he would come to visit Philadelphia. He mentioned like one the security guard Butch on the visitor's side who would always just be like, come to Philly, man, come to Philly. And he sees that sense of family. He's mentioning people who are selling concessions. And we're not just talking about John Middleton. We're talking about everyday workers who just love their job because it's with the Philadelphia Phillies organization. That, that speaks. You don't hear big-name players shouting out security guards of the visitor side entrance as the reason, like one of the reasons why they were convinced to come to a city. I mean, I just don't know what more... Yeah, I don't know what more you need to see. Um, we, we, have, we have all, the, we have all the, the right stuff going on right now. And uh, like I just can't get over the fact that, that you know this is... We may look back on this and say Bryce started this all. You know, I mean, we may look back in 10 years and, and multiple championships in every sport and say this is the day that this started. And that's my honest feeling is that it very well could happen. Now, we know sports are tricky, right? We know we could be barren for the next 10. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it's going to go, you know, that how it's going to play out. But holy cow, man, um, this Phillies team is is going to be one of the best teams in baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there right now. They are a, a pennant contender. They are, with a few more additions, possibly pitching, they are a World Series contender. And they have the best lineup. You heard it. The best lineup in the National League. And it's not... I want to say it's not close, but sports are competitive. But I think the Phillies... I think the Phillies are just about... Uh, a notch above everybody else right now. Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, just real quick, I'm ready to start talking lineups. But before that, real shout out, uh, Harper said that he no longer has to face Aaron Nola, which is awesome. But really, Aaron Nola is a huge part of making this happen because he took a significantly less amount of money to commit to Philadelphia as a young budding pitcher, he basically said, I'm here. It's not about the money for me. I'm ready to uh, be a part of an organization that's going to win. And that kind of opened up the door for Rael Muto and Harper to sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love the, <laughs> I love the drop. Did you catch the drop he had about Trout too? That was oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. oh, I texted man. you. I text you. I'm like, dude. That was he like just totally dropped. Like as if as if we weren't already buzzing that up enough. When the actual guy says it. Now, well, if that's... you if you get Mike Trout like in in a couple years, I don't know what the team will look like in two years. But you get Mike Trout. I, I mean, let's be honest. That what's World Series or bust? It kind of is World Series or bust now. If you get Mike Trout, it's like game over. I mean, I, I'll be, I'm going to be too much of like a giddy kid if we start talking about getting Mike Trout on this team. So I got to bring myself no, not. <laughs> back down to reality. Talk about the team we've got right now, and you know what we what do we think? What do we think right now? Um, so right now, I think that we have the best lineup in the National League. Um, I think that we have the best team in the National League East. I think we need another big pitcher. Um, 
or a consistent pitcher. I don't know. Maybe we can pull a dark horse. I maybe Pavetta does come out and perform better. I know Harper mentioned Pavetta and Eflin as young potential uh, players that he's excited about. So maybe he sees more than we do in them. Um, we need a big year out of Arietta. We need him to show that Chicago Cubs form. Yeah, I think it just comes down to pitching because in baseball, you know, the 08 team, they they smacked the ball around, but they also had some solid pitching when you look at it. I guess the 09 team actually had better pitching statistically wise, but Brett Myers performed when he needed to on that team. You know, Jamie Moyer was a veteran who just came out and dealt. They had they had some depth there where they had four really solid pitchers. Um, where on this team, you're looking at one stud ace, one he can be ace potential, or he can have a 10 and 10 season. You know, you don't know exactly what you're going to get out of Arietta. And then you have a bunch of question marks there. And I think starting pitching is very important. Now, the bullpen, a little bit boosted this, this year now that you got Robertson, and uh, I hope Sir Anthony um, settles down in there and feels comfortable and confident. But another thing that I remember from that 08 team, and not saying that every team has to be like the 08 team, you know, to win a championship, but the back of that bullpen was just untouchable when you would have Romero, Madsen, and Lidge come in there. It was like game over, and I know it was a hot year for Lidge where he just nobody could hit him, but you look at that team, Chad Durbin pitched well in that bullpen. There was just so many pitchers in the bullpen who also came in. Um, so I'm looking for starting pitchers who can go six or seven innings, and then I want to see seven through nine just locked down in the bullpen, and hopefully we can find that, that combination that makes that happen. Yeah, so let me go, let me go back a little bit and, and kind of uh, start where you started. Um, I agree. yeah, sorry, I just rolled off. There. No, 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 I agree. Best best lineup in the in the NL, in my opinion. Um, and, and so you you look at the projected like like just do projected batting order. Like let let me let me lay this out for you. And your order might be different than mine, but and and again, this might change. But batting first, McCutcheon. Okay, two, Gene Segura. Three, Bryce Harper. Four, Reese Hoskins. Five, JT Romuto. Six, Mike Alfranco. Seven, Odubel Herrera. Eight, Cesar Hernandez. Nine, Aaron Nola. What? I mean, one through one through five. There is just. <laughs> All-star city. It doesn't even matter. Like you could you could play with that. Like you wanted to if you wanted to if you wanted to bat Bryce Harper first, you could do it. Like if you wanted to you know one through five, like you're right. Like it doesn't matter what combination you do. You gotta get three outs out of that first five somehow. That's gonna be daunting for any pitcher to do. And then you look at the back half of the order, you have guys who are hitting in your in your three, four, five spots last year, like Michael Franco. Odubel Herrera, like that's say what you want about Odubel Herrera, that's not a joke at seven or eight either. You know what I mean? So now, no, and he's going to be getting pitches at the seven or eight spot. He's not going to be getting that leadoff or three wherever he's at. He's not going to be getting that type of pitch selection. He's going to be getting the pitch selection of you know a seven or an eight hitter because the pitcher already had to pitch around your six or five all stars in Franco. Right, so <laughs> that is a lineup that is scary. If everybody's healthy, then, dude, I, 
I just don't know what pitcher is going to, is going to get up on the mound and be like, okay, like I'm ready to pitch at this lineup. Yeah. Um, so riddle me this real quick. Go, riddle me this before we go on. Uh, I know it's a new age um, where we're seeing some pitchers hitting eighth. Do you think that there's any um, advantage to having the pitcher bat eighth and then starting Hernandez so you have three opportunities to get runners on base for Harper to play like a hybrid 3-4 type hitter? I think Gabe will try. I think Gabe definitely will do that, um, especially since the, the Phillies do have some some pitchers who can hit. Like Nola Nola's shown a propensity to be able to hit some, um, and guys like Eflin and Pavetta have, have done okay at the plate, right? So but again, like pitchers don't really hit. So we're not going to put a lot of stock into that. It's, it's really like you said, just to get um, another guy up at the end of the order. And, and I, I don't know. I'd be okay with it. Uh, I'm sure Gabe won't do it a lot, but I'm sure he'll try it every now and again against, uh, you know, a team that he thinks it'll work against. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past Gabe. Uh, we'll talk about Gabe in a little bit because I do think we have to talk about how we think he's going to manage this bullpen. Um, but to, to bring it back to pitching, like I, like I think you were saying, that is really the only area where I have some hesitancy, I guess you would say. You have Aaron Nola, phenomenal ace, okay? Top five pitcher in the league. Um, you have Arietta, who we found out had the knee injury, and I think that makes me feel a little bit better about his second half, knowing that he was hurt. I mean, you look at this guy. This guy's still rock solid. He takes great care of himself. He's in great shape. Great attitude. I, I, healthy beard. Exactly. Healthy, healthy beard. He's bald. So, I mean, you know, you know, bald <laughs> guys have like some superpower. But, you know, I, I, I feel good about Arietta as a two right now. I do. Because he started off so strong in the first half of, of last summer. He was very good. And then he fell off. And, and I just feel like that knee injury is a clear... It's it's a good explanation, I think, for for why. So if he's anywhere close to what he was in the beginning, the first half of last summer, fine with him, right? What you're really looking for here is two things, right? Does Eikhoff slot in? And if so, where? And then you're looking at for Pivetta or Velasquez, someone's got to go, right? Someone, one of those two guys is... It, you're. The Phillies have been waiting for for those both of those two guys to blossom into starters for a couple of years now, and I think I feel like they have more faith in Pavetta as a starter than they do Velasquez. And you and I have talked. I'm a Velasquez guy. I like the edge he brings to the mound. I like how he pitches. He pitches with snarl. Um, he's just had problems, you know, going deep. He gets like Pavetta. He can get hit around early, and and typically when those guys have that happen. They lose control. They don't last long, and then it puts it taxes our bullpen. That's kind of been the hit on both of them. But when they're both on, they're both really good, as we saw last year. They both were really good. The whole bull, the whole starting five was good last year until the second half of the season, until really in August when they fell apart. And Zach Eflin was a guy who really blew me away. I mean, I, I'm a Zach Eflin guy now, and I really would like to see them um, – invest in him this year as a starter because if you could do a lot worse than Zach Eflin as your five starter you really could so 
Yeah, I mean, and then you look at guys down low, like De La Santos, could he come up and be a fifth starter? He's only, what, 23 years old? So you have options, but I think that a solid third slot pitcher is really, it gives you three automatic games where it's like, all right, we only have to score three or four runs, and I think this lineup's going to be able to produce three or four runs in a game. Yes, um, I, I think that the, the, the issues they had last year with hitting and providing producing offense will not. That will definitely help pitching. That will definitely help pitching. Um, so, and, and I think now getting back to what we're talking about with Gabe, I, I think. Do you feel like Gabe learned a lesson last year with? He had a lot of toys to play around with, right? He had he had this bullpen, you know, with, with a lot of these guys who. I just think I look at Gabe and I think he new, new you know new guy on the block. He has a lot of ideas. He's that kind of guy, the young guy who's you know yeah. I guess you have some old managers who are going to set a lineup and stick with it, right? But that's not Gabe. Gabe's going to get out there and play the matchups, right? It doesn't matter if it's five pitches. He'll put a guy in for five pitches, swap him out for the next batter. You know what I mean? So he likes to play that kind of baseball, and there's analytics behind it. I don't know how you feel about that or, you know, whether you think he learned a lesson from doing that too much last year. Maybe he backs off this year and, and trusts his guys to get some more outs. What do you think? Uh, from the pitching's perspective, I'm not certain what he's going to do. I think he's, he's going to try and get a little bit of a hybrid between maybe a, a medium, find a happy medium. That's what I'm looking for. He's just going to find a happy medium between what he was trying last year and the more conventional style. I think if you get more production out of that three or four starter, he's not going to feel the need to work so much in the bullpen so early. Um, I hope he continues to let uh, Nola go longer if he's feeling it. And if a pitcher is feeling it, I hope he uh, is able to read the situation and leave that pitcher in long enough. Um, Obviously, there's a there's a moment where you can't predict if if a big hit happens. Whoops! It's it's here nor there. But if I think if the pitcher is hot, I really hope that Gabe learns to leave him in. Um, and I was listening to him talk to Angelo in the morning. Um, I, I can't remember if it was the day Harper signed or not. But offensively, I think that this year is he's going to stick to a much more uh, solidified routine lineup instead of switching things. He's still going to do his little uh, adjustments, but. I think he mentioned that last year with that outfield core, it was a lot of trying to find the right fit and feeling out younger players who aren't everyday players. But now when you look at this lineup and he said it, you have a one through a six at least of players who are, they're going to go out there, they're going to play every game except for whatever their rest days are, but they're going to go out and consistently be in that same spot and you have an everyday first baseman, you have an everyday right fielder, you have an everyday left fielder instead of a different rotation of these young guys. And that's not a slight on any of the young guys. They they needed some time to grow. Um, but I think that Gabe's going to find a more conventional style of uh, coaching. I hope so. I think, and I I agree. You know, I think the infield's pretty set right now. I think the, you know, I think that they would like, I personally would like to, to know if Scott Kingery is going to be an everyday starter, but you're going to have to, he's, he's the successor to Cesar at second base, right? You know, you yeah. have your, I think Franco is pretty well set at third now that Nolan Arenado is signed that huge contract and Manny's off the books. So Franco is, is your guy at third until either you find someone else or Alec Baum is ready to come up. 
Um, second base is tied up with Cesar until he's either gone, and I don't know his contract situation, or you feel that Kingery is ready to step in. They made a mistake last year putting him at shortstop and third base. He's not a shortstop. And especially with all the crazy shifting that 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 uh, Gabe was doing last year, it just it didn't it didn't work well w- with him uh, playing out of position. And also, I don't think he's a two twenty two hitter either. I mean, there's a reason why this kid was the best player in college baseball, you know, for all those years. He's going to figure it out. He needs every day playing time, which he's not going to get right now. So he's a you know he's a u- super utility. Hopefully uh, that you'll be able to get something out of. In limited spurts, and you know the bench, the bench is going to have to figure itself out too because uh, you're 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 either going to deal one of Aaron Altair or Nick Williams because yeah. you know you're not going to keep both of those guys um, to play the outfield. Uh, so I, yeah, I would I think Gabe is going to have to do less of that, uh, you know, moving around puzzle pieces because he's got set guys that play certain positions every single day. What I would like him to do is try to scale a little bit back with the bullpen. You know, let your guy have Sir Anthony have a role, okay? Give Robertson a role. Give those guys, you know, if Sir Anthony, want, you want him to be your setup guy, let him be your setup guy. If you want Robertson to be your closer, let him be your closer. And, uh, you know, the in-between, the middle relief guys, that's fine. Um, there are going to be situations where, you know, hey, we got Sir Anthony up and he's good against this guy and we have this other guy in there who's really good against the guy who's up after him. And I get that. That's baseball. I personally like that about baseball, the strategy behind it, that you are, you know, you can, you have the ability to match up pitchers with, you know, in, in a clutch, in a close game. I mean, I'd so much rather you put, you know, if you feel like you Adam Morgan can't get the next guy out, I'd so much rather you take out Adam Morgan. Dude, they're not gonna. I mean, on a, an off tangent, they are not gonna. There was just a post on the Phillies uh, Instagram wishing him a happy birthday, and people were just lighting it up. I like, know. I wish like, for a birthday present, please just let him go. And, and they're saying he happens to be a nice person too. And I, I get Dude, it, but I still, I, I still shake when I think about that Jason Hayward walk off home no, run no, no, last no, no, year. No, 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 I still no, no. do. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. Uh. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. That uh. was, oh, oh, stop. Oh. <laughs> you see what I mean? It hurts. Like, it hurts so bad. Like, I still can't get that one out of my mind. Um, isn't, that, isn't that crazy, though, how, like, a, a, a sport that they're saying was dormant or non-existent in Philadelphia can still bring out a reaction of a regular season game, one of 162 in the middle of July or whatever it is, out of our fans. Like, that just speaks on the Philly fan base who loves their baseball team. I, I just think it's, you don't see a lot of fan bases that are still just like, that is a moment in the regular season that just ripped me apart. And I don't like to think about. Yeah, that was rough, man. Um, so, you know, Gabe's going to Gabe and, uh, over, <laughs> overall t-shirts, Gabe's like, going to Gabe, <laughs> you know, uh, overall, I think he did a nice job last year. I would like him to, uh, let guys, get themselves out of, of situ- certain situations rather than try to try to find the, the perfect, um, you know, try to, f- like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but try to find the perfect fit for every situation. Um, I think he won't have to do that as much this year. So um, I think Gabe, Gabe will be fine this year. Uh, I, I think the biggest, like I said, the, the biggest concern is 
can our staff, number one, stay healthy? And can those guys like, what are we going to get out of Eikhoff, Pavetta and Velasquez? That's yep. kind of what we, that's what I'm waiting to see. And do you add a Dallas Keuchel? Do you add, a, do you add a Dallas Keuchel now and make it legit that, hey, this is what we got. Now you've got Nola, Arietta, Keuchel, and two of Eflin, Velasquez, Pavetta, possibly somebody from the minors like De Los Santos. You know, so that I don't know. I don't know if you go after him right now or if you if you take the remaining cushion that you have and wait until something maybe presents itself like Cole Hamels. Maybe that comes along and you know where's he at right now? He's with uh why do I not know? I, I feel like I should know it, but um, he sh- he sh- the Cubs, did he go to the Cubs, Texas. No, or he, he's back. He no, he went to the Cubs, Cubs right? Uh, I thought he went back. He didn't go back to Texas. Uh, yeah, he's on the Cubs. He's on yeah, the Cubs. so maybe the maybe the Cubs aren't going to be that. I don't really know how good the Cubs are supposed to be, but maybe the Cubs start to uh, dredge the bottom a little bit, and uh, he goes back on the market. I'd be okay with that for you know whatever he's got left. So I think. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe they go get Kimbrel too. Maybe they go get Kimbrel. Yeah, so my, my question to you is, do you think that it's more important to solidify that third really solid starting pitcher or solidify the bullpen by going for a guy like Kimbrel so you can have a Sir Anthony 7th, uh, Robertson 8th, Kimbrel ninth type of bullpen? Uh, I'd prefer to have a starter. I'd prefer to have yeah. a starter and, and have that. Because if, if you get Keuchel... No matter what people feel about Keuchel, I know some people he's some people aren't high on him. Some people are not. Even though he, he has he's had better numbers than Patrick Corbin, I think that that gives you a legitimate one two three, and then that's your playoff one two three, right? So I'd feel really good about that. I honestly would be okay with it as long as it didn't leave us with absolutely nothing. I think I think after Harper, we're twenty ish, twenty five ish from the luxury tax, so I don't really know what it will cost to rein him in. Yeah, I mean, and do you know what type of deal he's looking for? Is he looking for a long term, or do you think they could nail him on a on a two or three year type contract? What did Corbin get? Um, let me look that up real quick because that that kind of might. I feel like that's going to tell us what we what he's going to be getting, or what he might ask for. Pat Corbin contract. So let's see here. Uh, all right, so he signed. He got thirty-five million. So he got a hundred. He got a six-year hundred and forty. I'm not paying that, um, especially since we're paying Arietta three for seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going over. I mean, I'm not going over four years for for Keiko if we get him. Uh, and if you try to get him to a three or four year deal, he's probably gonna want. He's probably gonna want a hundred million dollars. So I don't know that we can afford that. And that that would be that would be close. So I don't know if they could get him on a three. The AAV is what matters, though. Yeah, I so think, I don't know. I think the shorter the term for him, and then you know if he proves to be an excellent acquisition, then maybe you extend that, but. Once again, looking ahead a few years, there's some other guys out there that you might be interested in getting. But um, where do you sit with the value of the young outfielders now? Um, 
the Altair and the Nick Williams. Do you think something I was toying with, and I don't really know what you can get from him, but I think Nick Williams presents more value than Altair does. So I'm wondering if there's some sort of trade you can work out where you deal Nick Williams and find a mid mid level or just maybe not as proven young pitcher that could come in and be your your three type pitcher or a four type pitcher. Yeah, I just think it hasn't worked for Aaron Altair. You know, it, it just hasn't worked out for him. You know, he's he was a guy who uh, he was looked at as 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 the next outfield prospect in this in this system, and he just can't hit major league pitching. So I, I do agree with you that Nick Williams is. I think Nick Williams could be a starter in the league. Uh, I think he's done a nice job in spot starts and nice job off the bench last year. Is he an everyday starter? I don't know. But he would, in my mind, be ahead of Aaron Altair in terms of value. So if you were looking to get something by trading one of those pieces, it would you'd probably get more for, for Nick Williams. Um, I don't know what you can get for Aaron Altair at this point, other than you know a, a, maybe a, a, an A prospect or uh, you know I, I don't know that you can get anything that you can use at the major league level for him. And then can you hold on to a Nick Williams as a bench player? Is he willing to stay here as a bench player? I mean, I guess he doesn't have the choice, but he's only 24 or 25 years old, so he's he could be a solid bench player. I mean, Greg Dobbs comes to mind as someone who is just a – that's the type of bench player you're going to need who can be a reliable uh, – I mean, he's not as, as versatile around uh, different positions as Dobbs. You kind of need a jack-of-all-trades, but he could be a solid pinch hitter and bench player at – 25. I would like to keep Williams at, at, on my bench, uh, so that that that's what I would do. I, I would prefer to keep him if if we can. But I also understand that the need may arise at some point during the season where we may need to trade someone to get something. So um, I'd also be fine with that because I feel like our bench is decent. I think outside of those are the only those are really the only guys you can have in the out for the outfield, right? You have Altair, you have Williams. Roman Quinn, see, it, it all depends on Roman Quinn's health, too. This is, this guy can't stay healthy. So if Roman Quinn's healthy, I'm fine with letting one of them go. Uh, and, you know, dealing, bringing up a prospect. Because Adam Hazley... Because Adam Hazley's, Adam Hazley's the next guy up, right? He's the next mega prospect in the system. So I'm pretty sure he plays outfield. I want to double check. I think I'm pretty sure he plays the... Uh, I just want to make sure I'm not talking uh, craziness right now. Um, but yes, uh, American baseball outfielder. Yes, so he's you know you have you have him kind of ready. Uh, so and he, he had a dinger the other day, I think, in a spring training game. So and there's another guy you could bring up on, to have on the bench would be Dylan Cousins, who's also been stroking it in uh, in spring training so far. So you have some options. And then you have Kingery, uh, and then whoever our backup catcher. Who's our backup catcher? Is it still Nap? I think it might be. Um, I don't. I don't like that idea. I've never, ever, ever been a fan of him. But I, I think he may possibly be the backup. I think catcher it's still, still Nap. Yeah, because we didn't keep. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't know who else we we would have. We got rid of Joey Bats. Joey Bats is gone. Um, and who is the other guy? Bohr was first base. He's gone. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, so there's options on the bench. They have options on the bench. I think it's going to... 
I think they will try to shop one of those outfielders. So I think that'll be something worth paying attention to. Yeah, it definitely will. And then, uh, man, I'm just excited for the season, you know, now that we're talking about the season. How could you not be? I mean, how could you not be excited? If you're, if you're at home right now and you're not excited, check your pulse because there is something wrong with you. You need to go to the hospital. You're probably in cardiac arrest. That There's no – I don't know. This Citizens Bank Park will be packed. Um, home Opening day, from what I have heard, is already – if not so, oh, if not sold out, it's 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 almost sold out. Ticket prices on StubHub are double for like a Marlins game what they were last year. You know what I mean? It's already so it's working. People need to be. And I said this to my wife yesterday. I said, "Hun, because she's a big Phillies fan from when they won the the championship in 08. I said, "This is the Phillies from 07 to 12. This is that now. It's back to that." You know, so yep. that's we're there. So people need to get excited. We went to games this past summer and when they weren't first place, people weren't going. That was that blew my mind. So just just think think about this, right? You're at the ballpark, okay? You've just opened a cold beverage. Maybe it's Sprite, maybe it's Hope. yeah, I don't know what it is. It's made it's a cold water of some kind. You just bit into hey. your sausage and peppers. Okay, you're walking around the ballpark and all of a sudden you hear batting first, number three, outfield, Bryce Harper, right? How are like, you not going to get like excited by that? How are you not going to get excited by that, right? Uh, I mean, just the... Uh, the only reason that people weren't coming last summer when they were in first place is they lacked that star name. And Hoskins, Hoskins can be a star, but he hasn't you know, blown up to that level where it's going to draw a packed house. You've just added three, maybe four players who alone would draw more people to the seats. And then, of course, Harper. Harper's the player that you know solidifies that. But you think if they have McCutcheon and Segura and Real Muto, you're selling more tickets automatically. There's more buzz when you have three new all-stars on your team. Uh, I just, that's where I'm at. Um, this is new, uh, you know, relevant levels of, of exciting baseball again. And people need to get their butts down to the Citizens Bank Park this summer. I know I will be. I know you and I are going to try to hook up down there. Um, it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. And what, as good as they are, too, this, this division is going to be a dogfight the whole time. It's going to be exciting. Every game matters. I watched every game last, last uh, season. Um, pretty much every game, even when they were sort of out of it, I watched every game. I watched every single game, and I was excited about it. I can't imagine what that's going to be like this summer. Yeah, and I think just my – I want to make a little closing – statement I guess before we we close out this this episode is originally I was um, iffy on Harper once it was dragging on and on because I thought that Bryce Harper was making himself bigger than the sport of baseball and in a world where athletes are now um, I would say disrespecting the game and making themselves more than the game i.e. Anthony Davis, I'm really unhappy with what he's doing right now and the way he, him and LeBron are handling the NBA and in the 
in the NFL, you have your Le'Veon and Antonio Brown who are kind of dictating how the league or they make it about them, not about the league. And so I thought maybe Harper was this type of player, but really what it came down to was he was just searching for a home for his family for the future. So he was actually doing the complete opposite of those players, especially a LeBron James type player. He was doing the complete opposite. He wants to be somewhere for 13 years straight. And I just think listening to him talk about that, as well as when he mentioned his his teammates and how he was excited meeting Reese Hoskinson. He's excited about the future of Pavetta and Eflin and that um, though just the way he has respect for the game. He didn't take Roy Halladay's number because he said that Halladay played the game right, was a great person, and one of the nicest human beings he's ever met. That was impressive that, to me. That was really, really impressive. I think that's impressive, but I think what's even more impressive is that he didn't take number seven because he didn't want to ask Michael Franco, who I'm sure would have given him number seven, but he didn't want to go in and be this guy asking or like demanding for a number. He said, you know, Michael's number seven on the Phillies and he wants Franco to wear that number every day. And that's just respecting your teammate to a level of, uh, yeah. Mikel's a great player, but he's not your star, star athlete. And I think when a big player comes in and he's, acknowledging all these players and respecting them it's such a it's such the I guess is the word the antithesis or it's just the complete opposite of what I see in the NBA out of LeBron James who is outrightly saying he'll trade all his teammates for Anthony Davis and then just constantly bragging on himself and I know it's not I would love to just do a whole episode about how I hate the the way the NBA is being ruined by this. And like, I get a firing passion of hatred when I see Anthony Davis on the TV, but it's just so comforting to know that Bryce Harper is not at all like that. And he's coming to Philadelphia because Philadelphia is not at all like that. We are not front runners. We are not just going to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Ticket sales might've been down, uh, but that doesn't mean that we weren't passionate Phillies fans all along. 100% 100% agree, man. I, I, I loved that, what he said today, I, what he said about, and you know, sometimes you don't know what to, you kind of don't know what's lip service and what's not, but, you know, and you know, so, you know, players are going to say certain things um, because they're on the stage and, you know, they're getting asked the question and they just signed a nice shiny contract and put on the jersey. But I didn't get the feeling that Bryce was saying anything that was rehearsed. I, I feel like everything he was saying was coming from the heart and it was genuine. It was authentic. And what he said about those guys, that was, it was impressive. I'll, I'll just say that it was impressive. And, uh, I hope that a lot of other athletes in other sports were watching that. You look at a guy like that who, who said the things that he said, and then you look at a guy like Antonio Brown, who's trashing the organization and Ben Roethlisberger and his coach on on whatever that show is that LeBron does on H- HBO, where at the See, barber please. at the barber shops, which which again I, I watched a few episodes of it and I, I actually thought it was it was it was a really um, uh, I liked certain aspects of it. Um, it brought to light a lot of cultural issues, um, but that really turned me off. What he said, you, you imagine having a teammate like that, you know. Um, so having a teammate like. This, like Bryce, is awesome. 
Yeah, and another thing that stuck, I mean, the first thing that stuck out to me right away is that his opening, they said he was going to have an opening statement, and he did have an opening statement, but none of it was written down. He was he was looking at the people who he was talking about as he spoke about them, and I think he was just reflecting on the past few months straight from the heart. The second thing that stuck out to me was when uh, he said, I'm not going to come in and tell you that we're going to win the World Series or even the NL East. It's going to take some time to learn how to win. Um I think that they wholeheartedly believe that they are going to come in and be one of, if not the best team in the National League. But I just like that little touch of humility where he's not coming in with Segura and uh, Real Muto and sitting on a big stage with lights and fireworks saying, we're bringing 29 championships, not 30, 40. He's just being real about it. That's all there is to say. He's not, he's no brags, no nothing. He's saying, I know I've played well. I know we have a great team, but it's hard to win. And there's a lot of great players out there. And I think that keeps the game competitive. And I don't know, man, I just like the class and the um, kind of old school attitude that he has where sure, social media plays a role in it. He's I don't really follow him or anything on social media, so I don't know how active he is, but it doesn't seem like he's the type of player who's just going to uh, be this egotistical, I am bigger than the game, uh, I'm going to post love about myself on Instagram type player. He's just going to come in, do his work. He's a grinder. He's a hard... His dad, he said, was like tying... Uh, I forget what he was doing, but at 3 a.m. in the 130-degree uh, weather in Las Vegas, he's a he was raised hard-nosed, and he's never lost that, where I think a lot of athletes who were brought up in tough situations, they get the money, they get the fame, all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's all about them, so... Uh, that's just my, that's my kind of final take on that, is that I... Uh, and call me hypocritical, I... Uh, because I said some bad things about Harper in the past, especially on the Nationals. I hated him, but I think that there's a part of us that really just hated him because he was so good on the opposing team. And we would never admit that when when you're a Phillies fan. You're going to be like, no, he sucks. I hate him. But it was really just because he's dropping dingers in CBP uh, wearing a Nats uniform. But now he's going to be dropping dingers in CBP wearing the Phillies pinstripes. And we are just going to be... F- throwing compliments and uh everybody's going to be buying him a water or a a coca-cola whatever he's allowed to drink um at all times he's gonna he's gonna be so loved and philadelphia is a family so welcome in bryce harper Uh, i have nothing more to say other than get me to march 28th because i'm ready for baseball baseball means spring baseball means summer and warm weather Baseball means I can sit out on my patio and listen to a game and pour myself a nice glass of lemonade. Uh, you know, I want baseball and I want Bryce Harper and uh, I want it all and I want it now. So that's where I'm at. Uh, and there's there's so much else going on in Philadelphia sports right now. Um, a lot of it is is positive. Um, uh, we're, we can have some more podcasts to discuss other sports uh going on in the future i know something that i was thinking the only bad thing out of the harper uh uh scenario is that he uh dm'd Le'Veon bell and uh i don't know how i feel about Le'Veon bell still being on the eagles but that's another subject for another day that we just don't need to touch on uh right now but 
great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, like I said, I, I would love to just move back to Philadelphia tonight. Um, I'll be living it and taking it in from down here and also trying to get up to Philly's games whenever I can. I'll be going to the Sixers game on March 19th at the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I hope they play their players. Um, but just, <laughs> if, if I go to a game an hour and a half away and I don't see at least three of the four big players, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit upset, but <sighs> that, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm ready. I remember when we were down in, uh, my wife and I, before she was my wife, went down to uh, Clearwater a couple couple uh, years ago, and it was awesome. I can't imagine what it's like down there now. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, hit, I'm getting ready to hit uh, submit on my jersey order. I got a hat in there, too. So, hopefully, it's the right <laughs> hat size. I don't know how to measure my head. So, I'm taking a complete guess here. So, we will... Uh, but uh, when that thing comes in, I'll, uh, I'll send you. I will be wearing it for the, probably the next couple podcasts we do. And then I might have my uh, lesser quality fake one coming in. We'll see. Um, just one, one thing. I'm going to let, let the man play us out and then send requests to play us out. But if, if there's one thing that I could have at this moment in time or next month when we start playing, I would just love to be able to have Harry the K back in the booth uh, calling Harper's dingers out here because, you know, McCarthy does what he does, but no one will ever be Harry Callis. So uh, thank you, Justin, for all you do to this podcast. I know we've had another uh, little bit of a hiatus here. We Right now we're working with what we have. Uh, both have busy schedules, but we'll keep trying to put out some podcasts when we can, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, or at random moments. Um, we'll be doing the best that we can to get these podcasts out. So thank you, Justin, for uh Coming back for this this special Harper edition. I wouldn't miss it, man. Can't wait for the next one. All right, Harry the K, call us out. Have a good night. Could it be? Could it be? It is out of here. So tell me what I'm. Left.